6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I don't believe I'm overstating it when I say that Canadians and Albertans are deeply shaken by this horrifying revelation. In this country, we've skirted the truth. Even though residential survivors and elders have been telling us for years that many children did not find their way home. Facing it is the start of reconciliation with our Indigenous people. In these disquieting days, we are learning why truth must precede reconciliation. And that is why we're here today. And that was uh, the Minister of Indigenous Relations for the province of Alberta, Rick Wilson, uh, earlier today. And to find out more about that truth, the province has announced $8 million in grants to support First Nations in researching and honouring grave sites at the sites of former residential schools in the province. You may know that Alberta had the most residential schools of any jurisdiction in the province and... While the Premier says many of those schools are no longer standing, grave sites must exist close, close by, and the government has a moral obligation to help find them. But the efforts to do so, he says, must be led by Indigenous people. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission chapter on missing children and Unmarked Graves underscores the importance of this work being led by Indigenous people. Each of them will have their own approach about what is the best way, and we will honour that. So that was the Premier, and he says some communities may only want to put up a, a permanent memorial. Others may want to use ground-penetrating radar to find potential unmarked burial sites. So what does that process look like? What would happen next? Let's find out with Dr. Keisha Supernat, the director of the Institute of Prairie and Indigenous Archaeology at the University of Alberta, who works with Indigenous communities to survey unmarked burial sites. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, your reaction first off to the funding announcement today. I think it's a really good step that the province has made in supporting First Nations and Métis communities to do this really important work, considering the legacy of the residential schools in Alberta. Uh, what does the process look like from here? You have worked with other Indigenous communities. You have worked um, to, to help them find uh, burial sites. What would happen from here if a community wanted to go down that path? I think that's a really important question because I think it will depend on how far along that path they already are. So there are many steps in this work, and I think the funding reflects some of those important steps, including going back to archival work and historical documents, talking with community members and survivors where they're willing to share to, t to help locate some of the areas that are likely to maybe have unmarked graves to ensure that communities are allowed to come together and, and do ceremony and to figure out a path forward for them collectively because many of these schools had children from multiple nations and then to explore how to actually locate those graves themselves which may use some of the techniques that my team has employed including things like ground penetrating radar and other remote sensing techniques but there's a lot of preliminary work that needs to happen in order for that to be most successful 
And, and regardless of what uh, a community decides, whether or not they decide to, to move ahead with it, whether or not they decide to uh, maybe just put up something to memorialize um, mm-hmm. uh, that or, or to actually take it farther and, and, and use that ground pre- penetrating radar that you've used to, to help other communities, you know, regardless of the decision, this is a, this is going to be a, a huge, huge effort. When you look at across the country and some of the numbers that have been outlined in the, uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission papers, I mean, this is monumental, isn't it? It is very much monumental. It is, uh, you know, the extent of even this, this, the school sites that were recognized by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission 25 in Alberta, to search all of those alone is, is monumental. And there are other schools and institutions where there are likely unmarked graves of children, um, other earlier boarding schools and schools that may have not operated under the federal umbrella. And you hear those stories in community as well about these other places with unmarked graves. The task is truly monumental and will take time. So you've talked about the importance of uh, communities working together. Would it be an idea then to develop some sort of over overseeing body and I'm not I'm not sure if these communities would want that but something to help guide and best practices something like that I think it would be helpful to have a place you know some sort of advisory group that communities could go to not to take direction from of course yeah. that has to happen from community but a, a place where they they know they can come for for an understanding of, of what the different possibilities are to connect them, not only with the financial resources, but with the expertise to do some of this work, because some of it is quite specialized. And then also something that can help support communities to build internal capacity. So for me as an Indigenous scholar, as, as a Métis uh, person, I would really love to see communities have the, the ability to do some of this work in-house so that they could build that within their own um, communities as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, um, during the news conference today, uh, Grand Chief of the Confederacy of Treaty 6, uh, Billy Morin, said that the University of Alberta had been in touch uh, with um, with them, uh, offering services. Can you can you share a bit about that? What are you, you know, what has that look like in, in offering your services and, and the work that you do? Yeah, so we have been in conversation with Chief Billy Morin and we have talked with other nations in Alberta as well. And basically from my perspective and the perspective of the Institute of Prairie and Indigenous Archaeology, we really want communities to know that they can come to us and we can certainly provide advice and recommendations from our experience, uh, develop partnerships, certainly work on training programs and we have some capacity to do work on the ground we probably don't have the level of capacity to do this work in terms of collecting all of the information that might be needed but we certainly can provide guidance on how to best go about that and make recommendations to ensure that it's being held to a a high standard um, particularly in how the information is interpreted and you know, ensure that we are just giving the most accurate information to communities as well. So we are definitely here to help. Do you have any communities that you're going to be working with in the very near future that have said, hey, yes, we want to start moving on with this um, sooner rather than later? 
Well, a lot of conversations that I've had, you know, over the past month almost now, uh, certainly different communities are at different stages, and I think we can anticipate that there will be work happening soon uh, in terms of how, you know, how much communities would like that to be publicly known, I will leave in their hands. But I have had a lot of conversations, and I know that there is work that will be undertaken soon. You know, and we talked about this last time you were on the show about the process of how you use that ground penetrating mm-hmm. radar, and you told me what you you looked for and, and that and that sort of thing. You know, when that starts, when you're at um, a site. Can you make those determinations within minutes, hours, or does it take days and weeks? So it's sort of a two-part process. We can often tell when we are in the midst of collecting data whether or not we're seeing something, right? So we can tell the difference between a space that doesn't show any signs of disturbance versus one that does. In terms of determining what is likely a grave and, and not a grave, that does take time after we've collected the data so going back doing some processing and interpreting of those data and that certainly is not something that's going to happen overnight and so we all especially with this work we want to be so careful with that process so we can sort of say we think we may have seen some things here but the specifics of that will require uh, some additional processing work and interpretive work yeah, and important work it, it certainly is, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it ahead for so many communities and and uh, and and people like you who who do this do this work. I want to thank you again for joining me and offering your insight. I thought it was interesting to hear uh, the Minister of Indigenous Relations, uh, Rick Wilson, this morning saying that truth must precede reconciliation, mm-hmm. and I and I, I think we're starting on the path of that finally. I really think so as well. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Take care now. That is uh, Dr. Keisha Supernod, who is the director of the Institute of Prairie and Indigenous Archaeology, and she has been firsthand uh, working with other communities, Indigenous communities across the country, and helping find um, some of those burial sites.